funnily enough, for somebody who's uh, who's often criticised for having like an out of control ego or wanting to be the main man, it's interesting that Pogba seems to really appreciate having somebody else in there who's taking the limelight. And Pogba's actually, in a quieter way, been brilliant. I think it would lift the spirits of the nation. I don't give a fuck about the nation of Morocco. It's people's lives are at risk. Oli Gunnar, where would you like the statue? <laughs> it's an absolute disgrace. I refuse to answer that question. We'll take that as a yes then. Take it whatever you want. I don't understand that. Politics, coronavirus. Why me? I wear a base cap and uh, have a bad shave. Hello, comrades, and you're very welcome to the football spin. Uh, Paddy McKenna, Dion Fanning, and Naz Chowdhury. We're here. It's a Sunday morning. Um, we've had a lot of football to reflect on, but let's start with Manchester United and Nas. I'm going to start with the new Irish Taoiseach, Micheál Martin, Prime Minister, if you like, and uh, he's a Man United fan. And uh, you know, I was struck by your your graciousness um, after Liverpool's winning of the Premier League the other night. He's been similarly gracious, but he's gone a step further and he's been receiving a little bit of flack. He tweeted in congratulations of uh, Liverpool the other night. I might be a Man U fan, but it's very hard not to enjoy the Liverpool success tonight. Congratulations to all my colleagues and friends who are celebrating. Hashtag LFC. Um, And as you can imagine, it has uh, received quite a lot of um, criticism from Manchester United fans. Akri and Patchell not pulling any punches straight in. You're not a Man United fan then, uh, which is fair enough. And then ask Joey Tribbiani, 5736-1150, uh, kind of like uh, drawing a line between the obvious parallels between United Liverpool and Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael, who are ancient enemies but are now in government together in Oz. It's United and Liverpool, not Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael. You can't love both because they're actually two separate teams and rivals. Naz, how are you feeling three days later? Michal Martin is obviously really happy for Liverpool and, and uh, he's enjoying their success. Have you managed to enjoy any aspect of Liverpool's success yet? Uh, no, I mean, it's it's one of these things where like you completely understand this is going to go on for ages in terms of uh, Liverpool reveling in their first uh, league title in 30 years. But um, it's, it's, it's obviously a bit much for, for a United fan, but also like, I know, sort of, I I was part of the problem in terms of um, saying semi-nice things about Liverpool and sort of praising them, but like it's got to end at some point. Like, I I'm not a massive key, I'm not a massive fan of being of rival fans being magnanimous all the time, and 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 especially at times like this, it's it's kind of like let's get over it, like like let's get back to normal. Um, if 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 you're gonna if you're gonna constantly sort sort of say this sort of like if you're gonna go down this classy line of like uh, oh Liverpool deserve it from a United fan and oh Liverpool deserve it from an Everton like if you do too much of it then basically you've let the terrorist win that's how I think about it. Well, I think I think we did quickly get back to normal, didn't we? Because once uh, um, you know once Thursday uh, melted into Friday and the celebrations, everyone was prepared to turn a blind eye on uh, Thursday to you know Liverpool fans going heading out to Anfield but once uh, once things began to happen on Friday and the celebrations happened then there was a sense of uh, you know battle lines being drawn again and you know you were, everyone was being put back into their 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 camps um, I think all magnanimity and 
graciousness was was gone at that stage, and everyone was able to uh, to uh, you know get back into their their um, into their into the righteous righteous boxes, you know, depending on whatever tribe they they belong to. Yeah, well, let's start with the celebrations because obviously it's been it's been pretty prevalent on social media videos of Liverpool fans congregating in the city centre. Um, congregating outside Anfield, celebrating victory, which I, you know, I think most people would have thought was a very likely outcome. Others potentially didn't think Liverpool fans would congregate. Jurgen Klopp obviously encouraging fans not to congregate in that um, in that video that was tweeted out by Liverpool immediately after winning the title and saying, you know, we'll meet up again very soon. Um, Liverpool Football Club have condemned as wholly unacceptable the celebrations in the city. Um, the celebrations that left the city centre, you know, litter strewn, but also the videos that probably caught the eye of most people were the videos of Liverpool fans launching rockets at the Liver Building. The Liver Building, which for context is the headquarters of Everton. Um, uh, Farhad Mushiri's office is there, uh, the owner of Everton Football Club. And of course, the Liver Building, which has the Liver Bird on top, which is the symbol of Liverpool. So that Liverpool Football Club, which is makes this quite complicated. Um, a lot of criticism for Liverpool fans. Is it justified, Dion? Yeah, it is. It is justified because um, they know they shouldn't be doing it. Uh, I don't think you can, um, uh, you can kind of get away from that. I think there are lots of, <clears throat> like we've talked about this previously on, on the show about, the whole idea. I think there's a there's a and and this is a good example of it where, um, this allowed uh, there's a there's an awful lot there's a, a lot of desire to kind of um be there's a lot of anger around about you know anyone anytime anybody uh you know people gather to break uh you know to, to gather in any way that contravenes social distancing regulations and we can you know talk about why that might be the case why it might be uh poor messaging you know from the british government dominic cummings clearly you know th- that that would be seen by many as a moment when uh a sense of, of clear messaging broke down but we're in ireland and there have been people trying to shame people about kind of gathering on beaches people getting angry about gathering on beaches uh you know for a long time and one of the things you have to kind of accept in a situation like this, which we've never been uh, been through in our lives, is that everybody who implemented these these uh, lockdown measures in whatever country, they all recognised that there would be a, a finite uh, time when people could actually obey these and hold to them. And as the longer they went on, people would find it harder and harder to follow them. And that's just a reality of human nature. And I don't think, however, uh, um, however it is done, you can be. It, 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 I would have a kind of a sympathy for most people in most situations where you kind of think, right, this is something that you know you've been. And I, it's not it's not instinctive because when you see these things, you think, why Why are you doing that? What? Why? Why are you gathering? Why are you doing all this? But at the same time, it is it is you know, most people are still holding to regulations, but people who aren't are doing are, are are fraying a bit because they've asked to do this for a long time, and that's and that's understandable. Um, 
it is also probably the case that like there's a study I was reading a study last night about the people have studied have looked into um if if the black lives matter protest in protests in America caused any spike in coronavirus cases and there's an uh, academic study into it and they you know they, they they started off with the premise that you know the the the, the condition the the uh environment of black lives matter protests probably are uh the the conditions which are conducive to spreading the coronavirus but there has been no spread there's been no spike in coronavirus cases in america in the cities associated with large scale uh blm protests and one of the reasons they one of the reasons they've concluded for th- th- this happening is that you know there were other social distancing measures if you like taken by other people in those cities because of these protests so in general people's people the, the wider population you know reacted to the, the to these protests and stayed indoors so actually there hasn't been uh, a, a greater spread of, of of the coronavirus because of it and you know there hasn't been a greater spread of coronavirus a lot of the time throughout this when people have said look at this look at these events whatever they are this is going to lead to a you know a spike and it hasn't stopped people getting angry when they see these congregations saying uh this is going to lead to a spike now there's also the, the matter you know the, the conflating uh black lives matter protests with um uh, you know, people going to the beach or people celebrating Liverpool's title win is also seen as problematic because one is so demonstrably uh, uh, a good, uh, you know, a, a, the right course of action to be taking in terms of making a stand for something, whereas the other is seen as, you know, simply just going out and having a good time. Um, but in terms of the coronavirus, they don't, that doesn't really matter. Like, you know, the, the, the reason, like the reason, the Black Lives Matter protests haven't lead, led to any spikes in coronavirus case uh, coronavirus cases in in cities in America isn't because the coronavirus it supports Black Lives Matter. It's just because it hasn't led to them. You know, it's it, it, it's independent of it. So the things are independent. Um, this is a this, so I basically what I'm saying is I think this is very complicated. I think people come people. Liverpool fans doing what they're doing is wrong, but equally there is as much there is a, there is uh, I think you also see a determination and a willingness from people who uh, um, want Liverpool fans to kind of mess up, and they want them to kind of say, right, look, we told you, and there were the people the people who said. Uh, you know, Liverpool fans won't do this. It's bad form to say you won't, they won't do this. They've been getting it, you know, they've been hammered for saying you said this wouldn't happen uh, and you said it was bad. You said it was um, unfair to even say that, to say that it might happen was was even was even the wrong thing to be saying. Um, they've been getting it. So there's this, so there is this sort of uh, culture war. I mean, you know, we, you see it, you saw, say, Black Lives, you saw it with, with the Black Lives Matter protest too, that suddenly people who might have been anti-lockdown were saying, my God, these, these people are breaking lockdown to protest, uh, you know, against racism. And like, suddenly it was, you, you could, you could actually detect bad faith in their pro, in their, 
in their position. Um, and it seemed to be that, you know, people who might not be sympathetic to, to that protest were now using that as a way of, of, of um, criticizing the protest. Uh, my, you know, I think there is, there's an awful lot of what, what, what happened with Liverpool fans that uh, is, was wrong. I think, it, you know, it's clearly like, you know, there, there, like the idea that, and I think one of the things that is most damaging and most wrong about it is the idea that authorities and, and cities like Liverpool and, you know, police services and ambulance services and all these things, you know, people were injured on, on Friday night. Those, that those people who have been in the front line dealing with uh, coronavirus have to now deal with something else in 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 this in this situation but uh and and that is the um and that is something that is is wrong about about this but there's you know there are other elements of it that are wrong independent of like you know people were using you know showing the pictures of all the rubbish they left behind and somehow that was framed in in the context of coronavirus when it's not like that is you know that's just kind of loutish behavior, firing the fireworks at, at the Liber building is loutish behavior. Firing a firework at the, at the Liber building has no impact on the spread of, uh, of coronavirus. And, um, and, and no matter what this, what, no matter what, you know, pandemic or no pandemic, um, a liver building lit up in blue would probably have been wrongly, you know, the subject of some kind of uh, attack from Liverpool fans if on a, on on the during the celebrations for winning the title. Um, but because we're in this heightened uh, heightened world where people are on the lookout for missteps, um, and then people are on the lookout for missteps from people they want to see misstep because they. They want to all like retreat into their tribal positions, and everything gets pushed into the into the one uh, into the into the one issue, and it's not one issue. I thought coronavirus, but at the beginning of coronavirus, I thought this is something that can't be tied up in the culture war. Uh, this is not, uh, um, this this is something that is so clearly uh, black and white in terms of you do the right thing. You you know you you stop people dying. Uh, everybody wants that. This will be something that should be able to. You should be able to see a unified and kind of collective approach to it. And that was that became coronavirus became a culture war, especially in in Britain and America. Um, and everything is a culture war now. So when Liverpool fans go out into the street. It's immediately becomes something that um, you know you you can somehow argue about people's intentions over and what they're doing you know and everything uh, everything is framed by where you're coming from rather than what you're saying. And I was just on in terms of the idea that like it's likely that any club I think it's fair to say would celebrate the Premier League. Uh, at this time, if they were to win the Premier League, fans would be on the streets, whether it was Manchester or if it was in London with Chelsea or if it was Newcastle, wherever, uh, for, for example. Um, the fans are likely to celebrate like that, some fans. And essentially then, it's not about Liverpool. It's just about the times that we're in. 
and the reaction and the criticism then to take Dion's point like would you see that as along those tribal lines and that's what's happening we're seeing just fans pile on because it's Liverpool and because other fans of other clubs are just going to do that um, yeah I mean it's it's such a charged discussion and uh, it's I mean in a lot of ways well, well very obviously like this this is stating the obvious but um, it's a it's just a huge pity it happened really because um, I think in in uh, one of the previous podcasts we were speaking to, I think it was the one that uh, Ruben Pinder was on. Um, we were talking about how um, sections of the media were were desperate for it for it to happen, um, and and uh, couldn't wait. You could you could you could tell you could tell how desperate they were for for it to happen, and that, and then they could jump on it and say, "Isn't it a disgrace?" And uh, it's not just about sort of. Um, uh, pointing the finger at Liverpool fans, it's about pointing the finger at football fans in general. Um, but yeah, so it's and and, and like I'll, I'll be honest, like like I was one of those people that were kind of hoping, like you you knew that there's going to be some form of celebrations, obviously, but um, I was hoping it wouldn't be to the scale that it was. Um, but like like Dion says, um, so much of it is is sort of um, mixed in with with uh, rivalries and. And sort of partisan views and 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 along sort of football supporting lines and that that is part of what makes it such a charged and toxic conversation because I mean it shouldn't have happened and it and it and it wasn't good that it happened um, and there's there's no way of getting around that uh, even stating that fact um, it can it, you can get some Liverpool fans sort of um, getting quite angry about about that and sort of saying oh. Uh, this is this is United fans or this is Arsenal fans or whoever sort of going for the holier than thou cut almost as if you're sort of um, uh, you're being holier than thou just to say it was it sh- it should it just shouldn't have happened like like it's not a good thing that it happened but that said um, to a certain extent I suppose like it was going to happen and 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 like you say I don't think it's um, I, I've never I've always enjoyed football rivalry but I've never enjoyed it when football fans use use terms like oh that's typical of them or or they're or or, or they're a breed apart because because that that starts getting into this ugly sort of thought process that that uh working class people from leeds are different from working class people from manchester are different from working class people from liverpool and 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 that that is uh i don't think that's helpful because it's it sort of turns people into less than human I think, yeah. Um, no, no. As I'll, I'll, but, but the the problem with that is is, is obviously sort of it, it, it sort of um, you, you then equate people to to being less than you and and being sort of uh, uh, being capable of a behaviour that, that you're not. Um, part of the reason why it's so toxic with Liverpool in particular is because then you you get all these ugly sort of. Um, echoes of of sort of ugly things that have been discussed in the past and 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 this this whole sort of conversation about like um a term that's been used on twitter that i've seen is oh it's never their fault which obviously is a very charged and sort of um toxic thing to say um in reference to things that have happened in the past So, so that's what makes it so ugly um but I mean, I, I just I just wish it hadn't happened. But like like Dion says, 
so much of it is about other factors that you can sort of look at as well. And 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 and, and again, like I'm sure that this will get some some people's uh, eyes rolling. But but it goes back to things like Dominic Cummings and and confused sort of um, messages from the government. It was never helpful. It's 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 so interesting to me that when at the start of the the coronavirus uh, crisis in the UK, um, the UK government um, championed behavioural science. So their argument as to why they didn't lock down earlier, which obviously now you look back and, and, and it was obvious then, but it's become obvious, more obvious now where they sh- should definitely have locked um, done, done lockdown earlier. But they were saying at the time, oh, behavioural science tells us that that uh, people won't won't be won't be uh, accepting of a lockdown for that long so we need to we need to ensure that the window of when the lockdown happens coincides with when, with when we think there's going to be like a peak of the curve so we can set the nhs but going from that going from going from that point where they were championing behavioral science suddenly in 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 the in the weeks and and months that have followed behavioral science goes out the window so they don't think oh this dominic, dominic cummings thing It'll have an input, impact on how people behave, or, or sort of easing lockdown will, will suddenly mean that that loads of people go to the beach. Like they should know this. This is this is this. Is, they've got behavioural science experts, so they should know this is going to happen. And me or Dion or you sort of saying, "Oh, um, we didn't think it was going to happen, or we're surprised it was going to happen, or we're not surprised it happened in Liverpool about Liverpool winning the league." Like there are experts out there that that know whether it it will or won't happen, and and that's and and that's that's how you they're the people we should be listen, listening to and and they're the people that that can help um deal with that kind of situation and and, and I, know, I know it's difficult with football because because we didn't like essentially we didn't know on what day Liverpool were going to win the league so it's not as if you could have like police on standby or you could close close down parts of the city but it's um in in some ways like it is inevitable because because the whole the whole idea of of uh, behavioral science is that it it takes it factors in the fact that where if 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 eighty percent of the people behave exactly as they should and uh, and sort of uh, behave in the right way, you always need to factor in the twenty percent that won't or the ten percent that won't, and that's that's why that's why what happened in Liverpool happened because as much as as much as there was a mass gathering, like I, I kind of feel bad for all the Liverpool fans that were at home. Like watching that happen, and they made the decision not to go out. They were desperate to go out. They were desperate to sort of spend that time, that special time with their friends and family, but they decided not to. And now, and now they will get, um, they will get sort of lumped in with 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 everyone, sort of causing chaos and sort of like mingling and and setting fire stuff in 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 the town centre where that that wasn't them. Yeah, I see. I agree with that, but I think that's an interesting point because, um, you know. All behavioral science is based on this idea that you know there is a certain percent level of compliance needed for things to uh, be effective. You know, there's a, that idea that like if if everybody basically sat, if the 100 percent of the population everywhere sort of sat still and didn't interact with anybody for two weeks, you would basically you know the coronavirus would disappear because there would be no way for it to spread. But that's never going to happen. So it's all based on what percentage of people will actually comply. Um, and as Nas says, there's a huge level of compliance uh, still 
with and you know, and if you want to use an example, like when Liverpool won uh, the Champions League, I can't remember what was what was the turnout last year when they won the Champions League, but certainly when they won the Champions League in in um, Istanbul, there was about half a million people on the streets uh, of Liverpool the next day when they came back, and it's probably similar. I can't remember the figures from last year, but it must have been similar. But let's say it was two hundred thousand. So on the street, so in in a normal situation, you would have two hundred thousand people or half a million people on the streets, um, and now on Friday night you had a thousand people, two thousand people. So that's one percent uh, of what you would expect normally, um, which means that you're getting a huge level of compliance, um, and as Nas says, it gets mixed up with. Uh, these tropes and these sort of like on on both sides this sort of defensiveness from Liverpool like you won't see Liverpool fans doing that and then this sort of you know these 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 tropes that are are harking back to other uh, other times um which are you know again the other the flip side of of the um of the tribalism and like and this isn't I'm not saying this in a in a in a in a, in a sense of what about or in any way because I'm actually I don't really feel inclined to kind of condemn to be, to be water battering about any of this but like you look you look around you look around britain and i accept Nas's point that uh you know the dominic cummings dominic cummings and all the british government messaging hasn't helped uh, deliver a clear message um but i do think we've also that you know a number of things can be true at the same time and i think in lots of places in like in ireland where the message has been has been clearer uh people are you know you get you just sense that people aren't we're all we're all doing things um that are probably in a shadier gray area i'm not we're all okay i won't speak for everybody but i you know i personally i am doing things that are in a shadier gray area uh even though the regulations are ease are ease too they're in a shadier gray area now than uh i probably would have done two months ago and is that because I don't care? No, I don't think so. Is that because I'm thinking I have less chance of getting it? I don't know, possibly. Um, like, you know, we talked about swimming in the sea. If I'd seen that that study at the beginning of, of the coronavirus, would I have swum in the sea? Probably not. Uh, um, you know, we, 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 we kind of keep, you know, we, we like, we just uh, change our behaviors as we get through a situation in terms of, you know, surviving it basically, uh, and that's one thing. Also, people are just are are have have had this for a long time, and the behavioural scientists who actually underestimated how quickly people would uh, go for this, and how willing people would go for w- willingly people would go for this, and they've still underestimated it because what they've discovered now is the vast majority of people, it's hard to actually get them to do the things they thought they would want to do at this stage, and to go out and to do things, but. I think there are like there are so many things happening. You know, you see it, and again, and they're not good things. But you see it like there are ra- you know, illegal raves being uh, broken up by the police. There are all these things happening uh, at the moment because lockdown is fraying for whatever reason. That the idea that you could say that this is somehow uh, this has somehow happened because of some characteristic of the Liverpool supporter 
is ridiculous. You know, it's absolutely ridiculous. It doesn't mean that it's not that it's not wrong. But how, you know, to actually then to take it to the next level and say this is something, this is this is typical of Liverpool fans, or this is whatever is uh, is actually kind of giving you know doing was bestowing on Liverpool fans that same sense of uniqueness that opposing fans really take umbrage with when Liverpool fans bestow it on themselves. Like they aren't doing anything different to lots of people, in, in especially young people uh, in Britain and in other countries too, because they've been they've been doing this for a long time. And should they be doing? Should they be doing them? No. Um, is it fucking irritating when they do them? Yes. But is it also human nature? Pro- also, yes. Uh, and. I think that's that's where it is, and like you know, saying let's not have bad faith argue, you know, let's not have bad faith arguments on a podcast is as pointless a thing as you can say, but you know, fuck bad faith arguments. But in the, all the conversation that's happening online about it, there does seem to be a piece missing, and, I, and I'm just going to try and put that piece in here because I'm I'm kind of more along Nas's lines here. Here's Joe Anderson, Mayor Joe Anderson, Liverpool. I will say Dion for context. And it shouldn't make any difference, but just for the context, he's an Everton fan, right? As we know, and he's he's had many gaps in this area in terms of his allegiances to Everton, but also his remit as the mayor of Liverpool City. I've actually been quite emotional. I was in tears at one point watching some of those scenes. I spent a lot of yesterday talking about what an incredible achievement it was for Liverpool, what it means for the city. And the vast majority of fans did the right thing celebrated at home, but sadly this has been undermined by the actions of some. We wanted to tell everybody the story of Liverpool FC and what they've achieved. But sadly, we've woken up to negative headlines about the city and I'm just exhausted by it, to be honest. And to me, that is a very, like, that's a very, like, and I can understand why when you're in the city and you can only see the city, you're not seeing the macro picture. And if you don't talk about the British government and their messaging, forget about Ireland, Dion, like, it's a different, we're here and obviously we see more of the UK than the UK sees of Ireland. But in terms of the British government, it's very simple for me messaging has been faulty from the start. It is epitomized by the Dominic Cummings situation, the hypocrisy and the duplicity of the British government and what they're telling people. And when they come out and say and talk about common sense, oh, it's over to you now. That's a total abdication of responsibility. So when you see something like what's happened in Liverpool, and I don't, I'm not trying to blow it up any more than it is, but I don't think people are, are, are the people of Liverpool and all those other places, they are products of their environment they're getting that messaging consistently in, that inconsistent messaging for three or four months so if people are confused it's because the messaging has been poor and faulty and i know this comes back to well people have to take personal responsibility essentially that's what Bob, boris got uh, boris government boris johnson is saying when he says you know comments i believe in the common sense of the british people what he's actually saying there is it's your personal responsibility if you step out of line because we can't do any more and that, to me, is what's missing when Mayor Joe Anderson talks about how exhausted he is. I know he's exhausted, but he should, in my opinion, in that moment, be saying there are bigger factors at play here. There are external factors, and the messaging around coronavirus and lockdown is faulty. Like, I'm not going to defend the British government on, on this. I, I think you're absolutely right that their messaging has been incorrect. But everything, everyone you talk to, any behavioral scientist you talk to, anybody who, who 
who has considered these, you know, a pandemic and how you manage them has always been aware that this was the hard, like in terms of messaging, this is the hard part. The, the, the simple, now Britain, Britain having to fuck up the easy part too, which is stay indoors, don't do anything. You know, they managed to fuck that up as well. So that's, that's the problem there. But the hard part was always going to be how you come out of it, what you do when there, when there are different groups who will have different interests. And some people will be like, I, I really, really, really scared of catching this. And I don't want, and I, I don't want to risk anything. Um, and yet, there seems to be more people around now who are who are who are who are, who are being uh, casual or carefree about things. And I, I don't like that. And that sense of of purpose, um, that unity of purpose phrase when you come into this stage, and it does, and it's, and that is universal too. And like you only. Like because we look at we see Britain and we see America where they're both making such a balls of it, it's it's important to kind of realize in Ireland the message now is take individual responsibility. That's the message from the chief medical officer in Ireland. It is take individual responsibility. Um and the, you Which know, is fine if it, Dominic it, Cummings doesn't have No 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 no, no, doesn't, no no it no it doesn't no it's an independent what thing. It that makes that no it's not no, so the the people, the kind of guys going down to the beaches in in Ireland with cans, and the groups of youths with cans, and you know going out drinking, and uh, you know in Ireland, they've got nothing to do with Dominic Cummings. They don't know who Dominic Cummings is. I, I bet, like, it's just human nature at this stage. Is is it's harder to get people to comply? Like that's the reality of it. The, the Dominic Cummings thing is hugely important in Britain's context, in in British terms as well. And this is where Liverpool fans come in as well because Dominic Cummings, uh, in terms of spreading the coronavirus, you know, his journey did very little in terms of actually causing spikes in cases. But he was a high profile person who. Uh, through his through his explanation as much as what he did um through his uh insistence that actually no this was always in the rules you could always do this rather than say look i panicked my i was worried about my my small child which i actually think would be uh, you know an understandable thing to say i panicked i probably didn't these the rules were clear and now i've made them unclear and i apologize or i resign or i do something because I have sacrificed the, the message instead of saying, no, I, this was always there. You just didn't understand them as well as I did. Like that was the problem with Cummings. And that was the symbolic problem with Cummings. And it's also, and this is where I, I take Joe Anderson, I think Joe Anderson has a point. And I think, you know, we can, I can sit here and say half a million Liverpool fans are, you know, 490,000 Liverpool fans complied with the regulations. It doesn't matter because what is seen as the problem is the ones who didn't. And the ones who didn't now also feed into this overall sense of, uh, you know, it's, it's over and you can go and do what you want. And, you know, but that, but, you know, people weren't going to Bournemouth Beach because of what they saw Liverpool fans doing. They may have been going there because of uh, what they saw Dominic Cummings doing, but, the beaches of Ireland, you know, I've seen pictures of beaches in, in Ireland uh, on Friday uh, that look pretty full. 
I'm not comparing England and Ireland. That's not my point. But like you talk about behavioral scientists, they were the first people to come out and criticize Dominic Cumming. They were the ones that broke ranks, the members of the Spy B advisory group, when they tweeted and said, like, this is, this is done now. They, because they knew. No, they I know, but I, I'm not. Of his actions. Yeah. Because they understood the science. They are experts in the area. They were the first to come out and the most vociferous in their criticisms. And I think you can draw a line. Well, well if, you, if you want, but then you're also saying that there's no individual responsibility. Well, it's the, the big debate is like how much, and this is but, the but, so what, but why do you think then that people in Ireland aren't obeying the regulations? I I can't say that they're obeying the regulations any less or more than people in the UK. Why is but that? I if they don't, if they don't have Dominic Cummings to blame, happen in the UK, and the behavioural scientists were very vociferous in their criticism in the immediate aftermath, and I think that's because they feared that what would happen is the social contract, which we all signed up to, like in small and big ways, is undermined massively when somebody who is in the inside and is supposed to be like like unimpeachable in that regard just flaunts it and no I, 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 I think I see I think it's undermined nothing like that happened in Ireland that's a no, fact but yeah, but, so, yes, yeah but that's but that's the whole point nothing like that happened in Ireland yet you still have people gathering in ways that you know lots of people will be uncomfortable with so it's not it's not as simplistic as this is just and I agree with you this is not like I feel like I'm here defending Dominic Cummings <laughs> but like uh, all I'm saying is, I, I think you're right, but I think you're right because of what's of the stage we were at. What Dominic Cummings did was a, a critical misstep because at the stage you're at, where you're actually kind of asking people to take personal responsibility and to you know to show caution and to do things, but you're not restricted the way you once were. Uh, here was somebody at the top of British government, the most powerful person in the British government, clearly because Boris Johnson couldn't bear to be without him. Uh, and here he was saying, and I think this was a cru- crucial thing. It wasn't that he broke the rules and said, he said, no, actually, this, these were the rules. You just didn't understand them as well as I did. You just weren't as smart as me in understanding the rules. So. It wasn't that he said, like, I think, I think there are loads of circumstances. I think there are loads of situations where people would have some understanding, especially when there, there is a, a child involved. And, you know, you could say, All right, I'm worried about, I needed someone to mind my child, even though there are plenty of examples of people who didn't have those options. But I think there were ways of telling that story in, in a way that wasn't as preposterous and ludicrous. Um, but he actually said, these are the rules as I, I followed the rules and you just didn't. What is wrong? Almost like, you, what is wrong with you people that you couldn't see what I saw? And that was, that was the thing about that, that. But it also came at a moment when people were going to find it harder to, to comply with them anyway. In terms of hypocrisy and in terms of like Dominic Cummings, obviously there's a, there's a level of hypocrisy there that, that, that definitely um, feeds into this whole thing because um not only did what dominic cummings do undermine the the message it also undermined the messenger so um anything that the government now say condemning sort of certain actions or condemning certain behavior or sort of saying what's happening on the beaches or whatever is unacceptable 
it, it carries no weight because because one thing that the public hate more than anything is this idea that there's a hypocrisy in terms of in terms of tiers of people. So there's a, there's a two tier thing of like the the underlings can't behave in a certain way, but the their superiors can. Um, but one one thing I wanted to point out, and it's and it's been a bear bug of mine. Um, or is it bugbear? <laughs> um, <laughs> one one thing that's been a um a bugbear of mine for ages, but um more so like it's coming to sort of a focus now, is the fact that um the the media is 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 a uh, hypocritical as well, and the football media in particular, and and I, and I appreciate that we're part of the media as well, so. I don't absolve us of any blame either, but there's this thing where where the me- football media fetishize um, football fandom, and what they do, and and it's happened this week as well, is they love the imagery of football fans. So, but at the same time, they'll con- they'll condemn it and 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 they will criticize it. So. Although and and this is not sort of saying that uh, this is not absolving Liverpool fans of, of any wrongdoing either, because what happened shouldn't have happened. However, you on the one hand you've got people condemning what happened, but they are still using the images. They are still fucking loving all the footage of of people sort of holding flares, people celebrating, everyone chanting, people outside Anfield. So you can't you you can't have it both ways. Or if you are going to have it both ways. Like you are being a massive hypocrite because, and and it's the same. It's the same football sort of media who sort of um, glamorize uh, derbies in 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 uh, like 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 uh, Eastern Europe and and they'll they'll rave about the atmosphere at uh, Red Star versus Partizan or or they'll or they'll glamorize sort of um, Boca Juniors versus River Plate and and not only the games but all the sort of fandom around it and all the sort of um aggro and everything but th- th- there's a there's an aggro fetishization where we're sort of like they they love they 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 love that whole imagery and 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 yet they they complain when anything like that happens in this country or or fans behave in a way that they wouldn't necessarily like and and that's happened this week where you've had the same media saying it's unacceptable and it's wrong of local fans to behave that way and yet they have used all the same imagery They've used all the sort of like in in their compilation videos, in their big dramatic uh, videos with with songs and music over it. They they've used it, and and it's the same thing that happened when when City went to Liverpool and all the Liverpool fans sort of attacked the bus. And again, like like that was not acceptable. But then they used that imagery. They used they they used all of that sort of um, all the pictures, all the video um, because it was it was like manna to heaven from from heaven to them and 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 you can't you can't have it both ways and and that's that's where i think the football media in themselves are just being massive hypocrites in in, the, in that don't take you've got to you, you you can't sort of it's a little bit like it's a little bit like posh people who dress working class like like, like you'll get like people people with double barreled names who are like You've got loads of money and dead rich, and and they'll dress, they'll, they'll they'll go to Urban Outfitters or somewhere and dress like they're from an estate, and it's and it's total hypocrisy, and it's co-opting a different culture, and it's the same thing with football. Don't don't criticize and sort of like say, oh, these are the great and washed, these are the working class behaving as they do, and then try and co-opt certain parts of it. Naz, we should get back to Manchester United, which was where we began before we kind of veered off into uh, Liverpool celebrations, and um, you know, like. It's starting to 
I, I don't want to jinx it now. God, no. Uh, but it is starting to look okay for United. Good result yesterday, even though they were, like essentially they kind of won despite probably been second best to Norwich for a lot of the game. But that's okay. That's a good thing. You know, winning when you when you don't deserve to potentially. Um, Daniel Farker has been pointing out that uh, he was asked after the game about United. They're on the up. They're totally on the up, more or less on the way to finishing in the Champions League positions, Nods. Talking about jinxing it. And they have all their players available. Uh, United are one of the form teams in the league alongside Chelsea and Wolves. And uh, it's interesting because they're all going for that fourth Champions League place. So, like, how do you feel about it all? Do you feel confident that United can get ahead of Chelsea and Wolves to take that fourth place? Um, I, I wouldn't say I'm confident because I think Chelsea have been really impressive. And, and one thing that's been forgotten uh, amidst uh, Liverpool winning the league and, and obviously City losing is, is how good Chelsea were. Um, and 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 there's been plenty of questions asked about uh, their defence and uh, their frailties, but they were able to beat City. Um, and that was that was essentially partly to do with sort of keeping uh, City on the on the back foot for periods of the game and, and making City worry about them more than more than they worried about City. Um, in terms of in terms of United, it's it's so difficult because um, it's it's like with with if you take Martial as an example, like he he, he was he was amazing in in the last game uh, against Sheffield United. So obviously scored the hat trick and and everyone was raving about him, saying like, oh, the penny's dropped or he's finally the player who he was meant to be. It proves it proves nothing in isolation, and it's sort of a uh, it's symptomatic of United in that. If you take that game in isolation, suddenly everything clicks for United, playing really well. Um, finally, they found a way to be a organised, compact team, which has which has always been like a massive issue with them. The, the reason why they do better against bigger teams is bigger teams come out, whereas other teams sort of sit back and and, and let United try and work them out. And United have always struggled. Well, United, the the, the, the mod United have, have struggled with that. So it felt like a turning point. And and again with Martial, it felt like a turning point. But but there's been games like that in the past. There's been games like that in before before this season. The, the the issue is like, can United do it consistently? And can United turn the corner consistently? And it's it's weird to say after a victory that that takes United into a into a semi final of the FA Cup and continues the good form on paper. But again, yesterday, um, the the Norwich game showed a lot of the issues that have always been there. And continue to be there, um, and and again, it, it, it essentially shows that nothing's. It proves nothing. It, 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 the, the previous game against Sheffield United proves nothing. All it shows is United are capable on their day of playing really well, breaking teams down, and uh, and looking really impressive. And then the next week they can look disjointed, pedestrian, and uh, and not very effective. And 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 there's there's mitigating circumstances, obviously. There was there was there was loads of changes, so a lot of the players will be playing their first competitive game in 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 months, and and that obviously makes them rusty and everything. But I think if anything, all it proves is the jury's still out for United, and and maybe again um, for a team who are who quite have haven't quite sort of like shown that consistency in every game. Maybe in terms of qualifying for the Champions League, perhaps uh, the the Europa League. Sort of avenue of sort of uh, qualifying for the Champions League through winning that might be uh, a more likely way of doing it than um, doing it through the league, unless obviously City um, are unsuccessful in their bid to 
to get their ban overturned? I think Oz is right that the the jury is still out. I think there is, uh, you know, there there are many ways which United, like in recent times, you know, they've always they've found a different way of kind of not not succeeding, and um, you know, beating beating Sheffield United at home maybe. Uh, you know, an example of okay, now they're they're working ways out of of doing this, and Fernandez and there's Pogba and Martial scoring a hat trick, uh, but that overall sense of of cohesion um, is still lacking in United. That sense that you know, does anybody really feel that Ed Woodward um, is knows what he's doing? Does anybody really feel that Oleg Oleg Solskjaer is a top class manager? Like I think. The people might be willing it to be true in Solskjaer's case. I think they might be saying, oh, yeah, I, we can just about glimpse it. If we squint, he looks like a top-class manager. Um, but he isn't. You know, that's the truth. He isn't. And uh, Manchester United remind me of, of Arsenal in the kind of later uh, Wenger years, you know, where there would always be like they some they could have some cataclysmic defeat or something terrible would happen, and you know every Arsenal fans would be furious and screaming and you know Wenger out and putting up you know a four piece of paper with who they should sign and uh, all that stuff and then Arsenal would kind of just go on a run of some kind and Wenger would be talking about like uh, oh the players are re-, you know they'd go on sort of ten matches unbeaten or whatever and Wenger would be talking about how the players have really adapted to this now and they've taken the message on board and they've they they're changing and he feels that there's a new character developing in the side and this the you know this this time it's going to be different or uh i wouldn't even he wouldn't even allude to it being different because that might that might be a tell like that might be a kind of warning sign but and then the next time it really mattered again the same thing would happen to arsenal and and that's the that's where united are now where uh in, in 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 as Nas says, in isolation, you can look at it and go, okay, that's good, that's promising. They're in the cup semi-final, as if that really matters. Like, is there anything worse in the world than the FA Cup played behind closed doors? Like, I don't know how. Like, actually, one thing about the FA Cup playing behind closed doors is it's very hard to find it any more depressing than it was in in you know pre-pandemic world. Um, but it's just you know it, it's. It doesn't mean anything. Like the FA Cup is only there to kind of give you a lightning rod if actually something goes wrong because it isn't. Uh, I know you're a big fan, Paddy, but like it's not something that uh, that really matters. And um, I think there's a long way to go for United, and I think ultimately things won't get better until uh, they have a better manager. Just finally, before we go, just on one player, Bruno Fernandez. Naz, is there is there a sort of a sense amongst Manchester United fans that maybe Fernandez, even yesterday, like, and I know United were patchy, but that he is the kind of player, totemic sort of player that you can build a team around. Like, United might have thought that with Pogba, but like that might not be the case or hasn't been the case. But Fernandez is so good in what he does, so classy, and he he's the kind of player that teams are going to spend a lot of time thinking about and he will take attention off even when he's not like doing stuff he takes attention off 
uh, he brings a lot of attention on him and makes space in other places. Like, how are United fans feeling about Fernandez as as the weeks go on? I think I think Bruno Fernandez is hugely exciting and important for for a whole host of reasons. Um, I'll be honest um, when I because like as as with many fans, your team is linked to a, a player abroad quite strongly. So then you start sort of watching their games and. Uh, Whenever there's an opportunity uh, and they're on TV, you, you check it out. And I'll be honest, um, any time I saw him, um, he didn't overly impress. And, uh, and and I said it a few times on social media that I didn't get it. Like, he, he seemed to give the ball away a lot, seemed to fall over a lot. Um, he did good things. He looked he looked great in, in, in sporadic moments. But then I just didn't... I, I just didn't see how how he'd be the best player United could sign because he just looked like for a team that needed somebody to control games in that midfield area. Um, he looked wasteful and, and, and he looked as if um, just, he didn't have enough quality throughout a game, but then that just shows a, how, uh, how thick I am, but, but, but B how um, not watching a player week in, week out, um, it, it it doesn't give you a full picture of of the qualities of that player because what 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 Fernandez has, has brought into United is is like it's incredible like he, he, the change he's 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 sort of instigated with United is incredible like he's he's made everyone else play better he's he's given the the whole team a different personality a different mood um, and again like if if anything the the Norwich game almost. Um, brought that more into focus because it wasn't it wasn't Fernandez's best game if anything he like he 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 definitely had the right to have a poor game after all the great games he's had for united but he wasn't at his best and and maybe that's why you know united weren't at the best because he because because quickly he's become so important to united in terms of the personality of the whole team that when he's not on form Perhaps United aren't on form and that that's a concern in itself but um you only have to see the the, the, the even Pogba, Pogba's played with him, sort of uh, one and a half games or two games or whatever. And funnily enough, for somebody who's uh, who's often criticised for having like an out of control ego or wanting to be the main man, it's interesting that Pogba seems to really appreciate having somebody else in there who's taking the limelight. And Pogba's actually, in a quieter way, been brilliant. Um, he was far better um, against Norwich and. Uh, he, he, he in 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 uh, in in the previous um, two, well, one and a half games. He 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 he's been really really um, exceptional in, in a really sort of efficient way, um, and and again that that's that's a that's credit to him, but it's also credit to Bruno Fernandez in in terms of how he how his quality can impact other players. So yeah, he he's been an he's been an incredible signing, and perhaps perhaps fans of other clubs. Don't realize how important he's been at United. Maybe, maybe they might they might not be as as, as thick or sort of a shit at sort of analyzing football as me. But they it might be a similar thing where they just see a player who looks sort of tidy and does the occasional thing, and they're thinking like, oh, why why are commentators like wanking over him? But it's it's not about that. It's about it's about the influence he has on 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 himself and the rest of the team. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, he looks like a really exciting player. He's a player that you just love to watch because when he does something good, it's you think well, probably nobody else in the field can make that pass. 
And it was one incident yesterday, and you said like he didn't have his best game, but like it was a through ball to uh, Lingard, and it went nowhere because it hit, it knocked off Lingard's shin and went out for a throw in. But like that's about Jesse Lingard and not about Fernandez. It was right through the center. It reminded me of Raquel May, a kind of pass that he would have played. Um, so um, that's it. That's really exciting for Manchester United fans. Um, look, we leave it there, chaps. And before you before I go, Nas, uh, you know. Uh, Gourmand like yourself on a Sunday plans plans to to cook up a storm nose in the kitchen. Um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be making ribs today. Right. So again, like uh, using the slow cooker. Um, we've we were chatting about the slow cooker earlier, and uh, and uh, yeah, it's it's been a big revelation for me. Um, um, one of our one of our tech geniuses behind the scenes, uh, Matthew Saywood, uh, big big forest fan uh, he he actually gifted it to me and it's been a revelation to me like on a, on a cooking sort of a uh, level it's been like united signing bruno fernandez because it because it's changed <laughs> it's changed the game it's just opened my eyes and like suddenly the possibilities of what i can do in the kitchen just automatically changed so so, so, so yeah no it's been a great addition to the to the to my arsenal <laughs> The spice rack has started to pull its weight since the. Uh... <laughs> yeah, has, it has. Every, everything, everything just works a bit better. <laughs> All right, look, we leave you there, lads. Uh, it's good to chat as always, and uh, we'll be back again later in the week, as ever. We're uh, five times this week and every week until the end of the Premier League season. Um, on the football spin, if you haven't already done so, click subscribe to get these shows into your feed automatically, whatever platform you're listening to. We'll talk again soon. Good luck. I think it would lift the spirits of the nation. I don't give a fuck about the nation of Morocco, bro. It's people's lives are at risk. Oli Gunnar, where would you like the statue? <laughs> it's an absolute disgrace. I refuse to answer that question. We'll take it as a yes, then. Take it whatever you want. I don't understand that politics, coronavirus. Why me? I wear a base cap and uh, I have a bad shave.